Hello and welcome to Lockdown Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt. Happy Thursday, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. And, well, you know, I've been teasing this one out since last week. Last week, absolutely stunning guest in the house. It is time. It is absolutely time for Danny the Godfather to drop by. Danny, how are we doing? Oh, man. I am so happy to be here, Pete. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you contacted me. And for what it's worth, I'm really happy you're doing this. I know I sent you a message a while ago about how proud of you I was with this particular podcast. There's not a single person, this isn't hyperbole, a single person on Marlon's Twitter that I rather have this situation go down than you. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. I'm happy for you. And I'm definitely happy to be on. Well, I appreciate you finding the time. And, you know, first off, you know, how are you? You know, it's, it's been a crazy year, I think, for you. <laughs> it has been a crazy year. Yeah, my uh, kiddo just turned one. So that's, that's been going. Um, obviously, I took a little hiatus off of Twitter as well. A bunch of, just a bunch of stuff, work, kids. Uh, not my kind of vibe when it was happening on Twitter. And, and that's okay. Everyone's vibe is their own. But I'm not Mr. Negative. I don't think anyone would confuse me as such. So, you know, I let the, the people that are angry have their time. And mm-hmm. I took some break for myself and my kid and my wife and my work. Sounds very sensible. I'm glad everyone's doing well. I can't believe he's won already. I, I mean, it was stunning yeah. the other day, Eli sharing the uh, the gender reveal video that we talked about on, on Fish Across the Pond <laughs> ages ago. I mean, it was, it was a line drive for sure. She had to dodge it, man. She had to dodge it, but but it was oh. it was a good swing, I think, on my end. Oh, it was. It was it, like I said, it was barreled, no doubt. Um, it was. I, I love the way Eli reshared that one. I mean, you can always count on Eli. He has this library of gifts that is just sensational. So, yeah, that was that was wild. But you know, it was wild to think. You know, he's already won. Um, so you know, in the next year, all of a sudden, maybe the baseball Bible start. I don't know. Wait, I mean, where are you gonna? I know you're a big uh, football guy as well, but, you know, where would you, is it going to put both in, in the hand and see what happens? Put the, the football down, the baseball? Basketball? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't think that Charles got lucky enough in the gene pool to play football. I'll be honest there. I'll be honest there. I don't think that that's going to be in the cards for him. So he okay. could definitely play baseball. And then uh, the other competitor here, if I'm being honest, is my wife. So she was a, she was a collegiate tennis player. Oh. And uh, that's a, that's a, that might be up his alley. That might be something that they, uh, her and her family get him to go do, but that's, I guess those are the two that we'll put there. It's a tennis ball and a baseball. We'll see which one he chooses. Well, that's wild. Cause my, my son who's four, um, he's been playing tennis for about six months now, something like that. And my, my eldest daughter, who's 12, she's been playing tennis for years. So, and I've just picked it up and started playing with her. And the problem is, is she's had lessons since she's three or four and I haven't had any. Um, so I'm running and she's not. Um, that's kind of the way things go, but it is fun uh, for sure. So, well, we'll keep our eyes peeled. I love that. The tennis is an option too, plus baseball. So yeah, that's that sounds sensible. Well, the other thing we need to get into before we get into some Marlins talk, buddy, uh, I want to just get your take on the Dolphins. You know, listen, there's a lot of crossover here. A lot of Dolphins guys... <laughs> you know, plugging into to Locked On Marlins, no doubt. Obviously, they've got their Locked On Dolphins too, which, you know, is a stunning show. But from your perspective, mate, where are the Dolphins at? What's happening with these boys? And, you know, from, I'm not a Dolphins fan, but I have a lot of, I see a lot of Dolphins news 
on the Twitter feed, clearly for obvious reasons. Boy, oh boy, this this tour dude. <laughs> there is pretty, a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter yeah, on tour. Pretty polarizing, uh, you know. Mm. I uh, I have two loves outside of my family, and it's always been the Dolphins and the Marlins. Mm. And if I'm being honest, the Marlins probably always win out. But man, they're close. Um, went through all of the Tannehill years. Went through all the years prior to that. But but specifically, bring up Tannehill just because the QB position in Miami is absurd, right? Like you don't have any indifference or apathy for the QB position in Miami. You either loved Tannehill and you appreciate Tua or you hated them both and you couldn't wait till they're gone. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for him, right? All, all accounts are that he's this amazing man. He, he's the hell of a leader. And I think he's been given an incredibly shitty hand with, with Miami, with the O-line, with even some of the coaching decisions that's been made. Um, but aside from him, I'm just, as a Dolphins fan, happy that we're playing relevant football, man. One in seven to seven and seven. Um, you know, they're giving, they're giving them the, the latest conversation. Oh, they're, they're playing easy quarterbacks, right? Like Saints Hill actually I think, got on the COVID list. So they're going to be playing a rookie this upcoming Monday. And, and I think my counter is, well, you know, Tua broke his ribs and we had to go without him for four or five games. And if that wasn't the case, this team probably be well ahead in the standings. So Very I'm true. excited. I'm excited. I think two is the guy. To be fair, I thought Tannehill, you could succeed with him. And that's what's happening in Tennessee. So my hope is that two is the guy who stays here. And we finally get back to some level of relevance with Miami football. 100%. Second team now. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm a Rams fan. Um, there's a story behind that. I won't go into it. But I have been a Rams fan um, since I followed, started following football, I don't know, five, six years ago. Before baseball. but. Uh, but now, obviously, there's a lot, a lot of Dolphins tw- uh, Twitter feeding into my feed, and I, I get it. And you know, I always look out for the Dolphins now. And boy, oh boy, the conversations around Tua are just wild. Like the talk, you know, it's Lewis Brinson on steroids a few years ago. That's the kind of <laughs> yes. you know, it, it's that kind of vibe. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. So well, it's good to see. It's good to see them, you know, on the right path. And you know, we're going to get into the Marlins now too. But before we get into it, the question I've got for you is: Listen, of these Miami sports teams, some of them are looking in. in well, a lot of them are trending in the right way. So we maybe asked this question, or we answered this question a few years ago. But I'll ask it again now: Which which of these Miami sports teams are going to win a championship next? Who do you see that being? I, th- I mean, I just think it's easier for the Dolphins. So first off, let me say this: The Panthers are okay. The Miami Heat are the elite class of Miami, and I get that, rightfully so. The Panthers are the best team within their sport, and, and I think very similar to the Marlins, Panthers just don't get love, right? Hockey in, in Florida, even mm-hmm. with all the success the Lightning have had, it, it, you know, the BB&T Center, whatever it's called now, it, it doesn't get a lot of love, uh, but they're the best team. So I think if there is a favorite, it should be them. After that, the Heat are always going to be competitive, mm-hmm. but interestingly for me, you know, the Dolphins and the Marlins had a rebuild around the same time. And I really think that the fans that are both Marlins and Dolphins fans, if they sit back for a second, are going to realize the parallels even into this season. Both rebuilds succeeded earlier than we thought. Both rebuilds took a hell of a punch to the face over this last year. <laughs> even in the Dolphins, you're seeing from one in seven because of injuries, Pete, because of some bad luck, Pete, which is very similar with the Marlins. And then they've been able to, to recover. Right? So to answer the question, if you take away just you just do the rebuilding teams, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's the Dolphins or the Marlins first. I think the Dolphins, it's easier in football to get there. 
Um, I think it's a longer route in baseball, but mm -hmm. either way, I'm happy that they're all trending up. And I can't say that that's ever happened in my lifetime before. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Get those trending up emojis on Twitter fired up. Um, well, let's, let's transition our way into some Marlins chatter. But before we transition, it's time. U.S. ads with a British twist. And it is my guys over at Built Bar. It is the holiday season, guys. And it is time to grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Or even better than a candy bar, a Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness. Rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. But high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Don't worry about choosing, get them all. Will it be raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Head over to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. It's all one word, LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your order. We've been talking now for three years, probably, um, you know, very early on in the rebuilds. Um, I remember as well, there was a legendary, uh, what I'd say is not a PowerPoint, but a, a video almost, I, I believe, of where it was like a, a rebuild for dummies, uh, you know, kind of tweet that you put out there and some content that was awesome. But, you know, you've always been you know, really, I'd say just clued into what this rebuild was, what the timelines were, what was likely to happen if things went well. So I guess as we sit here now in, in December of 2021, four years into the, the Sherman Jeter ownership phase, how, how are you going to assess this rebuild now? How are you feeling about the Marlins in general? And then we'll kind of dig into some, some more kind of specific themes. Yeah, so... So how about we do a grade, right? I'll do a grade. I think myself, and then I'll expand on how I get to this particular number, or let's, let's just not even do a number. Let's just do like a letter grade for simplicity. Mm -hmm. I would say I could be minus. I would say a, a C plus a B minus. And really, no, I really would stick on the B minus. And, and here's what I would expand on that. If you're just going to do on field success or failures, I'm really okay with you being lower. Yeah, I'm, I'm really okay with the person that says, I have a C minus to see it's a C plus. Yep. I think, and, and, and excuse my language here, but it's bullshit if you're gonna grade only on field because this regime, you know, Sherman, Jeter, however you might wanna detail it, had to rebuild the entire organization, right? It wasn't just on field. It was an incredibly apathetic and void fan base. It was no community involvement. If anything, it was the opposite. The community hated you for what you did with the park with Loria. Mm. There was nothing off field. And that's changed radically. Your farm system, top 10 for the last two years, three years now, your community involvement, much higher than it was before. You spent money to renovate the park. You're now funding salary here in this off season. You built an international complex. You know, for me, that's all part of the rebuild. So when I say a rebuild, that, that's why it's a B minus for me. Because yeah. the on-field yeah. took a step back, for sure. Now, if we look at this off-season, which I'm sure we'll talk about it, at least up to now, it took a step forward again. But the naming rights, the TV deal, everything else has to be a B plus or an A. And yeah. when you average that out for me, I, I, I land somewhere around a B minus. Feels fair. 
feels fair. And I put it out on Twitter earlier asking the question, what, what were people's vibes? And I think they seem pretty well in general aligned to, to where, where you're landing there, kind of B minus C plus. Um, you know, clearly the on-field product at times has not been great. And like you said, you wouldn't assess that. Uh, but clearly they made the playoffs, you know, in, in 2020. And so that was a nice surprise. Um, but obviously, yeah, took a, <laughs> took a bit of a step back last year. Um, yeah, just a bit, just a bit. You know, yeah, it was tough. It was a, it was a tough one. Um, like you said, the injuries, the luck, it just wasn't the Marlins year. And then the way the the roster was structured with the contracts, it meant that they were Correct. always sellers if they weren't in it. It just it was what it was. So, you know that that that's what it is. One one thing I wanted to follow up on you quickly there. You're talking about the fan base, etc. Listen, I'm not a I'm not a Miami guy. I'm not a Florida guy. As you know, I'm, I'm here in the UK. I don't understand, and I'm not around to understand the the culture the feeling the vibe and and you know listen you, you may have a, a better handle on this but for me 2020 no bait no fans allowed 2021 um you know the marlins i think had a competitive team but clearly the results weren't great but the attendances were still absolutely terrible in in lone depot newly named lone depot so how concerning is it that like the fan base still is seemingly that detached from the Marlins right now. It, that's how it feels to me anyway, over, across the pond, clearly. But what's your read of the, of the kind of fan base, the connection? And are the fans ever going to come back? Sure. So so if we just use attendance numbers, absolutely, right? I, I'm someone who I think, you know, many people, I mean, hell, a lot of people do disagree with me, but many people disagree with me on this. Uh, revenue sharing kind of kills that. You know, you need people in the in the stadium. I get it, but if it's not like the '70s and the '80s and the '90s with revenue sharing, most teams are going to survive, whether people are in their seats or not. What they're not going to survive is apathy, and I think that that's the biggest shift from this regime to prior. Because you know, I, I promise I could give a 60 minute lecture on this, and I won't. But but Pete, people hated the Marlins for a good amount of time, and then they just stopped caring. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the continued ownership groups. I mean, Heizinga very literally outwardly said the 1997 team is going to be a project on if you spend enough, can you make a profit and then sell off? And, and guess what? That's what they did. Mm -hmm. They spent enough and they won a championship. And then immediately the next year they sold off when all of the season ticket prices had come on up. Right. Then a bunch of other shady stuff that we don't have time to talk about today happens from there until when Loria is granted the team by MLB. Loria does not spend sufficiently through cores of 2008 and 2009 that could have won championships. Then they kind of, again, excuse the language, but bend over the city of Miami to get this park, mm. right? And that's all Loria is doing. That's not this administration or not rather this, this regime, but it's still upset many of the people within the county. That decision also led to them leaving the tri-county area, going down south, so they're more upset. Season tickets go up because it's a new park. What do they do the next year? They sell off again, right? Because it hasn't just been bad baseball decision. It's been an organization centered around profit loss revenue. Mm -hmm. And I really genuinely, and people will scoff, I promise you, I believe it, and I know it to be true. That's not the case anymore. This is more centered around baseball. Um, there's still business. Pandemic still hurts. But I think when it's centered around baseball, you win. And that's how you get fans back. 2020 pandemic, got that out of the way, but still playoffs. No, no doubt. This, this is it. It, it feels like a baseball organization and operation. It doesn't, 
it doesn't feel like a business-led organization where penny pinching's going on and it's all, how can we maximize revenues and minimize costs and the, the, these kind of things that go on. So I'm completely with you. The culture feels completely different. Obviously, Derek Jeter, he is who he is and you know he's a born winner and he's the, the face in, in, in reality of, of the Marlins now. Um, and he won't want to be losing. No way, not a chance. Um, so I, I'm with you. There's been an obvious shift and it's been a positive one. And I guess that kind of takes us now to, uh, we'll, we'll talk about last season in a sec, but I think that kind of segues us into where we're at now. But, you know, with everything that's been put in place, the foundations are laid. You know, how, how do you see this off season finishing up for the Marlins? You know, were they, are they actually going to, I guess, spend some money for one of a better description where they, they go and acquire the talent that's needed for a proper run at this tough NL East. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if they don't add another potent, maybe that's too strong of a word, but another quality bat. I really mm-hmm. would. Right? I don't, I don't pretend to be Craig. He is the goat for a reason. I don't pretend to have sources, but when you're a long enough fan, when you know enough people, you know, you know, things, you, you know, you hear things within the organization, not, shitty Twitter takes real conversations. <laughs> and all of that comes back to that's what we're going to do. We're going to add another bat. We're going to add another bat. We're going to address the, the relief role. So I believe it, right? I believe it because that's what, that's what I've been told. And that's what I believe. Um, do I think that what they've done so far is sufficient to compete? No. And they don't either, right? That's the whole concept of we're not done yet. They don't believe that either. Do I think that I like what they've done? hell yeah Pete. Mm-hmm. and and the beauty behind that is i get it danny's a homer and danny's a fan and danny's blind fantastic three years ago i tweeted out that i wanted avisel garcia to be at left field or right field and a year ago even even i'll get craig on this one even before craig loved stallings i wanted stallings <laughs> i wanted stallings to be a target because i wanted this young absolutely soon to be elite pitching staff to have a sound defensive backstop. And, and, and I wanted that. So the receipts are there. So when it happens later on, it's no longer, oh, I'm just rooting them. Man, those are two prime targets that I've asked for. And mm. of course, when you extend the captain and when you extend Sandy to a record-breaking arbitration deal, yeah. I'm going to be positive about that. Even if people want to be negative, to me, up to now, this is a B-plus, A-minus offseason, but they got to finish it up. And I think they will. I, I'm with you. I, I, everything that we're hearing is suggesting that there's going to be a, a blockbuster move, whether it's a free agent. I'm not convinced it'll be a free agent blockbuster. I feel like it'll be a trade blockbuster, but um, there's going to be something big that will happen. All right, guys, let's finish strong. Last ad of the week, US ads with a British twist, and it is the perfect one as you head into the weekend Tons of sporting action to get into. Bet Online AG. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, fins up. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on, all one word, locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, 
boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All being well, and then the bullpen, the leverage stuff. That was one of the big misses, I'd say, from last year. When we look back, like that was the one spot that the leverage piece just never got fixed, and they struggled to sort that out during the season. And by the time they did, it was it was too late. Um, and I guess what I'm saying is the Anthony Bass move, a closer. Well, clearly it didn't work because he wasn't the closer. He didn't get a save. He didn't get a no. save, which is Correct. wild that, that the Bassman did. Now, this, this isn't the Bassman slander pod, no way. Um, Bassman has fitted in his role now. He's found his role, but it wasn't in the ninth. Um, you know, it was the sixth, seventh, you know, in those kind of spots. So, uh, I'm with you. I'm expecting some, some fireworks uh, on that side. The bullpen is interesting. And the other interesting aspect of that is if they – you know, if they can't get some of the leverage guys that they're looking for, the one or two of the starters, the, now the starters, do they end up, you know, being, you know, transitioning? Does Eliezer's role maybe change? I don't know. That's, it's an option. I mean, I don't know. what What's your thoughts on, on Eliezer? There's been a lot of talk about Eliezer, both in trades, starting plus, you know, with health concerns, but also transitioning to the pen at some point. How do you see, how do you see his role panning out here for the Marlins? Yeah, you, you kind of have to feel for him, right? Like, he, I would imagine that he thinks he's always the odd man out. No one ever yeah. includes him in the World Series, you know, starting five. No one ever includes him in the projected lineups. And, you know, he, he doesn't have enough value to actually get a good asset back. But then do you, does he have enough value to keep above the guys that are coming behind him? And I would imagine it's a tough spot for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think... I think that eventually he could be a nice piece in a trade. Obviously he wouldn't be a center part of it, but a nice piece in a trade that could get you something back. Um, I don't see how, even if it's this upcoming year, maybe half of the year, I don't see how he really sticks in that front five. I just don't. And you need depth, right? So he could be six or seven, or you move him into the pen. You have a a myriad of options, but I just personally feel for him from like a person perspective. No one ever, no one ever talks about Eliezer except in this kind of situation of, oh, what might we actually do with him to fix the whole of where he should be? Um, I would say, yeah, he could be a long relief guy or he could be a critical innings guy, not back end, but uh, a tight spot in the sixth or seventh. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do a little roulette here and say that he's part of a trade that gets moved. Yeah. I feel that's the most likely um, in the, I guess, going back to the point I made then that I I think there will be a blockbuster deal. And I think Eliezer will be part of that deal. I think it will be a number of players from the Marlins that have to go. Um, but I think it, it makes sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, he, he's a legitimate major league pitcher with, mm-hmm. I believe, three years. I think it's his first year of ARB. So three years of control on on Eliezer there. So, and, you know, the question will be, well, is he is he healthy? Can you keep him healthy? Uh, and clearly right. that is the question. But that's a question for any pitcher. It doesn't matter who you are or any player for that matter. So that's baked into anyone's price. Um, and for me, he's a major league pitcher. It's proven young control controllable. There's value there. I, that's what I'm basically what I'm saying is there's value in, a, in Eliezer. He, as you said, if all being well, the reality is Eliezer is, is unlikely to be in the starting five because there's just too many guys. There's just too many. And that, that's too much talent, too much talent. Exactly. I mean, just Danny, just assess for me now. The, the starting options the Marlins have, just how ridiculous it is. 
it, it, you pair this, and we could, I guess, I suppose do this with any team in any history, but you pair this rotation of young arms, even unproven, because most MLB pundits will say most of them are unproven aside from Sandy. And even Sandy just proved it this year. Mm-hmm. Even with as unproven as it is, you give this rotation to the past core, like the Yelich Stanton core, you give this rotation to the Dan Ugla, Hanley Ramirez core, you give this rotation to any core offensive core that we've had, and you're winning multiple World Series. I mean, it, it runs 10, 12 deep, Pete. You know, this is, <laughs> this is serious talent, which for what it's worth, right, is, is why I chuckle. Because again, I, I, I've grown, right, I, I've come to this re- re- revelation. There's a time that I was dumb enough to think that what I tweeted mattered. Now I'm intelligent enough to know that it doesn't. Right. So I, I don't fan police anymore because if you want to be miserable, be miserable. But I, I kind of like silently laugh when people are like, oh, this has failed horrendously. Are you kidding me? You have you have created the envy of envy in baseball. And if you just supplement a little bit with the offense, which is what they're trying to do, you have a competitive team. You know, 10 to 12 deep is something that not many teams in history have nonetheless even in current standing so no it's way. it's an embarrassment of riches it is perfect summary that, that might be the title of the podcast actually now you've said that it's a, it's a perfect one um okay so <laughs> if you put your gm hat on now right and so this is danny's call and you're in the room and they're going right we're gonna have to address we, we, we're looking for a big bat if it's you danny who are you going after? Who is who is the guy that you think will be the difference maker that you could? I mean, I don't even want to put realistically throw out there, but I will. Like realistically, what you think that could be acquired from the Marlins to go and address the obvious need? Who you who you calling? I still think you engage with Marte Cattell. Um, mm-hmm. Cattell Marte, just clarifying there. I still <laughs> think you engage with him, and I still think you engage with Mullins. Just see what the Orioles are asking for. Right. Those are the two center field pieces that I think are actual game changers for you. Right. I, I like I like the tertiary concepts of of Bellinger, for instance. Right. I know he, he just, I guess, signed out of his arm for this year. Um, so, something like that. I like the outside barriers of outside thinking. But I don't think we actually have to get too creative here. I think you assess the teams that might be willing to move a center fielder. And you have this embarrassment of riching, riches in pitching and in, in hitting, at least at the lower levels. And you use it to go get your game changer, yep. right? I, I, I don't think you have to get creative. I really don't. You know, I, I don't necessarily love the concept of Avisel Garcia uh, starting in center field. And then that means, okay, your, your big bat now is Castellanos, who wants seven, eight years to be here in Miami. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. Go get a true game changer in center field with the bat. Marte's a little questionable with the glove. Mm-hmm. and go for it don't reinvent the wheel um i still think the original plan was to get starling i can say that with conviction but yeah. you're not gonna outbid you're not gonna outbid cohen you know when you traded him you allowed that to happen but i do believe that was the original plan to get both garcia and Marte. yeah i agree and just to talk about the outfield options clearly avisel garcia you know was four-year deal uh, I think there may even be an option at the end of that too. So it could be even longer. So we'll wait to see what, what the future holds there. But listen, he's going to be locked into one of the corners, let's assume. You're right to call out. It may be center in an emergency. I'm not convinced. If Avicel Garcia is starting at center field for the Marlins, like there better be a 
a ridiculous other option in, in, in the corners that we're all excited about. I think otherwise things have gone slightly wrong. Um, but just talk to me about um, Brian De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez. Clearly Jesus Sanchez, they moved Corey Dickerson um, with Adam Simber. I mean, that deal itself, I was, I've still, I'm still dumbfounded. I have no idea what that deal was, but irrespective, they wanted Corey done. They retained most of the money. They moved Simba and got back Joe Panic. I don't know what the hell that was. But nevertheless, the goal, by all accounts, was to get Jesus Sanchez playing every day um, in right field, left field. I mean, he kind of floated around. So just let's start with Jesus. You know, is he inked in? Is he inked in to start in right field for you, um, you know, going into 22? I would have him unless you're about to spend or trade for two corner outfielders. All right. Yeah. I don't see anyone. I really, I don't see anyone surpassing him. I love the deal when it was done and when it was made with the Rays. I think this is, uh, you know, another narrative that is unjust, right? Don't deal with the Rays. Look, the Rays are great, but the Marlins have had luck with the Rays. Okay. Sanchez is a hell of a player. And for what it's worth, obviously, so is Anderson, um, who we traded away in that deal. But Anderson has his own injury and that's result bias. And, and that's fine. Even if Anderson wasn't hurt, Sanchez, I believe, is your 30 home run corner outfielder, needs to improve defense, but is going to get you solid on base guy. Yeah, He's going to eventually be that two, three or four hitter. And I have no problem with that. So, yes, my answer is yes. I have him in there unless you're going to get two corner outfielders. And for what it's worth, Pete, just because, you know, we were talking about that panic trade. I think that trade <clears throat> is a really good indicator of what went wrong last year, which is you had this huge 40 man crunch situation. And you had talent you were still hopeful of developing and you didn't have enough depth that was ready below that. So then you scramble for Jose Devers and you scramble uh, to call up guys that necessarily might not be there quite yet. And then you almost scramble again to go get a panic to kind of fill in. Um, you know, it felt like it felt like I rather that have not even occurred because if you're going to punt the season, punt it. You know, don't bring in someone back that's going to be here at a mediocre level for no reason. Um, nonetheless, I'm sure they have the reasons for that. I would just point it back to if we're talking about, you know, the front staff, and we're talking about that year. I'd point it back to that, that the 40 man crunch killed, killed the team. Because um, when you have historical number of injuries and and then delayed and returning of the injuries and meaningful players, not just depth players that are hurt. And then you have to reach for, you know, Isan Diaz and Jose Devers, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's going to lead to a punt. So that I think is a good example of that. But as for Hester Sanchez, absolutely. And I think De La Cruz did an amazing job. I mean, hell of a deal there with the Astros to get yeah. him back uh, for Yimmy. Uh, I, 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 again, still think something went wrong if he's starting right off the bat, mm -hmm. but do I feel much more comfortable with him starting if injuries occur? Absolutely. And then just, I know I'm going a little verbose here, but don't discredit the concept of Anderson and right field. Um, Wendell at third or maybe pulling in another free agent and having Anderson out there anyway I think you have you have puzzle pieces it's not just limited to Avisel Garcia and Jesus Sanchez is what I'm trying to say there all right guys hitting the pause button on this one that's part one of the conversation with the Godfather in the books thank you for making Locked on Marlins your first or last listen of the day we are back tomorrow, that is Friday, with part two of the conversation with Danny the Godfather. Stay tuned for that, and we also have an episode scheduled, locked and loaded, ready to rock and roll for Christmas Day on Saturday. Get yourself tuned in as well and subscribed. Content coming at you like Cleopatra. Back tomorrow with Friday episode, part two with the Godfather.